Okay, so here's our podcast, the Mainly Football Podcast, or right. if we want to call it something different, I guess now would be the time to to come up with a new name. All right, well, to check them, some things off the list of things we need to talk about, uh, coming up with a new name, um, we're going to let some of the listeners uh, in on how we're even starting this podcast. Um, we're going to try to be as genuine as possible, which is difficult because... We are uh, we are not podcast makers, <clears throat> and so um, the first item that we're going to talk about is what should our name be? You know, what do we want to talk about? I like mainly football because we are from Maine. We want to talk about football, but mainly football. There might be some other things to talk about too. We're not just football guys, but it's football season, and we want to talk about the Patriots. So that's my thought. But you definitely cover your I can, bases. I can, I can be swayed. You definitely cover some of your bases with mainly football. Um, the fact that it leaves it a little open-ended to talk about golf, which, you know, probably is our main passion. Uh, talk about the Celtics, which we never agree on, and I'm always right about. Um, and then we talk about football, obviously. So um, I'll put that in second place because – I do think there's some niche names that we could come up with. Um, uh, you know, I think we do need to uh, kind of distinguish ourselves because there are football po- podcasts out there. We're not a fantasy um, football podcast. Uh, we're not just a general uh, sports podcast because we don't just talk about uh, every team. You know, we're kind of Boston centered. Um, so something regional is definitely probably better for us. So um, but, number two, number two, mainly football, and number one is just nothing for now. <laughs> yeah, number one's <laughs> nothing for now. I think when okay. we know, you know, everyone talks about when when they come up with the name of their business or something. When when everybody knows, they're like, yeah, that's it. You know, you know? we don't have that feeling right now. <laughs> Here's what I would like to do. Here's some ideas I was thinking about today. A little background on 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 us, Ben. What do you do for work? Um, well, I try not to do too much work, but I run a night cleaning business. Clean offices. Night cleaning business. Yeah, that's, it kind of sounds, kind of sounds shady, is, but it's just that I try to arrange my life so that I can play golf as much as possible and make a living. So, All right. doing your night cleaning business. Um, yeah, and I, I run a cleaning business, which. Uh, is basically my mom running the business and uh, she gives me work. And so we both clean. So it's safe to say that this is, this uh, project's a little about, about intrinsic satisfaction, you know, yeah, uh, something we can pour our passion into. So yeah, no, it's, um, it's, coronavirus has been great for, for me and, and probably both of us because now people, they assign value to our, our, uh, our jobs now. So that's kind of nice. Dude, we're not talking about cleaning. Um, yeah. <laughs> so some things I was thinking about while we were cleaning today. Um, you know, we do, you know, we, we do need a niche because there are so many sports podcasts out there. Um, you know, also some potential for advertising um, could be talking about alcohol. Um, we, let's face it. We both like a beverage maybe at the end of the night. So, 
if we, maybe if we did a, a kind of beverage and sports talk show where we describe the alcoholic beverage we're drinking, um, maybe it's new to the listeners. Maybe it's like a whiskey type type deal, something we want to know more about. Uh, we describe it briefly and then we talk about our, you know, what we want to talk about. What do you think about that? People might think we have a problem at a certain point. I think <laughs> if we, we do that but i'm not opposed i'm not opposed well, to that i'm not drinking anything right keep, now as long as so. we keep our faculties right that's, i'm that's enjoying true. a nice uh, gin beverage <laughs> okay so that's one idea um the other thing you know we obviously need to hit on the brady belichick um who's winning the season obviously it's one zero belichick right now um, so that could be its whole, that's, that could be a whole separate podcast. Um, but I also don't think we have enough insight into them to really do that as a whole main podcast. So probably just a, a topic we talk about. All right. So are we going to talk about that topic right now? I mean, that was a pretty momentous yeah. day yesterday say, in the history, <clears throat> in the history of Patriots fandom. You know, we've been waiting all, all let's talk, winter, let's segue into that. summer for it. Yeah. So what were your uh, – let's go over the you game. Have, you have more of a football mind. Well, I was going to say, you have that. more of a, a football – you're pretty good at Madden, basically. But <laughs> so, so let's get your take on it. Let's get your take on well, it. Who won yesterday? Clearly, uh, there's probably one winner, but who won positives from both and also what do you see the future of both well I was excited just going into the game to like see like Belichick has a new a new toy basically he's had a pocket passer for the past 20 years that especially in the last two or three years just has looked older and older and older and I think he was excited to move on and you can kind of see that right in the first drive or two because you saw we saw things on the screen as Patriots fans that we have not seen before. We haven't seen the Patriots run a read option play. We haven't seen a quarterback sweep. You know, we haven't seen uh, that level, that type of football in the Patriots uniform. I mean, that was just like thrilling for me, even though a lot of teams experience that a lot lately. But the difference is we had a quarterback running it that I have full confidence. I'm, I'm against running quarterbacks. Like I'm scared they're going to get hurt. I used to always draft Michael Vick in my fantasy draft and he'd be great for like a game and then out for the rest of the season. But I don't have that fear with Cam. So I'm, I'm really excited uh, that they could be just awesome on offense. So, yeah, let's talk a little bit about the first drive of the, <clears throat> of the game. Sorry, got interrupted by a phone call. Um, okay. You got friends. I get it. Sorry. So let's talk a little bit though about the first drive of the game. Um, I, I wrote down the drives because I, I don't have that good of a memory, but um, <clears throat> first, first play of the game, running play. Sonny Michelle. That's all first they did. Run, was it was like play. every, 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 every play was a run play for the first like 30 minutes of the game. Like Belichick, like I, I tweeted about this, like he was coaching like it was 1923. It was like, run, 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 run. And then when they finally did do a play, 
you know, play action. Edelman drops it. I think that was in the second drive. That's so. That's what I wanted to say. That's that was yeah. the sixth play of the game. Six plays. So it took okay. six plays to get to a pa- passing play, which how one? How do you? Uh, I think they had uh, two first downs in that and that before Edelman dropped his pass. So how do you stop that as a defense? I mean, you have Cam who's able to hold on to the ball long, seemingly longer than anybody doing the play action. Which Brady, like you knew when Brady was throwing, like you don't, you didn't even have to be on the field, and you could tell. Um, but I, Cam fooled me a couple of times on those play actions, or the play options rather. But so he pulled the cameraman on the, the first on the a, first first read option was the the camera like stayed on the running back the and like ball. Cam had it, yeah. So, but six play Cam throws a bullet at Edelman in the chest. I mean, a bullet. Do you think that drop pass was because Edelman's used to catching Brady passes that are a little, might be a little weaker? No, and I, I love I love Edelman. I love Jules. But, like, I instantly was reminded of, like, a third down drop against the Titans where it's like, I can't. Yes, me you too. Know, that, yeah. And it's like, at a certain point, and I, I mentioned this too, it's like he, he led the league in drops last year. And somebody responded on Twitter like, well, he gets, you know, the most targets. But the fact is he still had that many drops. Like your job is to catch the ball. And I guess it's just one of these things we got to take with him. But like the guy has a, a habit of dropping the ball and I, I, I don't like it. And it, that was just one part of this game where like this could have been a blowout and they ended up only putting up 21 points and it was more of a game than it needed to be. But I'm already annoyed at Edelman dropping the ball. Something that can show its head later on. Yeah, of course. And and we made excuses for him last year. The excuses were that he had broken ribs or he was hurt. And then we come out and fully healthy Edelman first first pass of the yep. game. Uh, he should have he should have caught that. Yeah, just one play though, but but still, um, something I I want to talk about too is the the fake crowd noise. Like, I don't like it. I know what people say like they watch the basketball and baseball and say oh that's a nice little thing, but in football it doesn't work for me. Because there's just so much emotion in football. And the crowd, the fake crowd, just can't keep up with what we're watching. And I'd rather just hear the players. Like, I'd rather there be no sound and just hear the players' reaction and their emotions to the plays as opposed to the soundtrack. Well, There's a little thing, I know. I had that as, like – I had that as maybe, like, an eighth point to talk about. But, um, <laughs> but we'll talk about we'll talk. I about just had to get that in so there. eager to talk about it. But, I, you know, it but was it's the first thing – It's kind of – it's kind of reminiscent as of um, of when golf, when that when the guy called, you know, basically messaged the PGA Tour and told them that th- those birds didn't exist at Augusta National, and so it's kind of reminiscent of that. Like people have been adding sounds into um, television or forever, and especially sports. But yeah, it kind of you know, like Tony Romo was kind of making fun of it, and. You know, kind of like that even got old. Like even acknowledging, like, oh yeah, these fans are pumped up. Like, yeah, know, like those like, jokes are gonna get old. Real, those jokes are gonna get old real quick when it's like, oh, you can tell it's a big moment. The crowd's getting into it. Like, okay, that's funny. But are you able to? Are you able to get wrapped up in it if it just seems like a practice or an exhibition game? Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, it, it, there was no preseason this year and like I can't sit through preseason games like maybe I can watch one drive or two but like it was on as soon as this game kicked off like this was real life this was this was big 
I didn't need the fake crowd noise to kind of get me pumped up. Well, dude, the fact that there's no preseason, what like, I I would have to go back and and check this and do our research, you know, in the future. But like the 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 point spreads must have been so you know so lopsided. That those must have been the the worst point spreads, basically in the history of the NFL. Yeah, like I was listening to something about the the Tampa Bay and we'll get into it the Bucks and Saints game, but everyone was that everyone thought that was going to be a high scoring game, but no preseason, no all those reps you would normally get, and it was an uglier game. I think the final score ended up you know they it was like thirty four twenty three. But uh, there, it wasn't very smooth, and I think a lot of the betters were not really betters, but going on the unders is actually a, a good play, I guess, if you're into that. Yeah, except for, uh, was it a Washington game versus the Eagles? That, that game probably went, went over. Well, I think, are you thinking of Green Bay and, and, and Minnesota? That was like a high-scoring game. Oh, yeah, Green Bay and Minnesota, yeah, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Anyway, uh, one one thing I was thinking about. Um, sorry, the the lag on the Zoom is throwing me off. Uh, one thing I was thinking about was the fact that. Uh, oh, was sorry, uh, was Flores. Um, now, what do you make of him with the Dolphins? Like, uh, because personally. I had like he played he coached a very Belichickian game. I feel like, um, yeah, I feel I mean, like that working with a, the strategy sorry, of trying to be Bill Belichick is you know some of his proteges have have tried to do that. And I'm no, I wouldn't even say Flores is a protege. He's trying to do his own thing. Uh, the biggest thing I took out of him yesterday is that he is probably target number A of the NFL for violating of wearing his mask around his chin. I don't know if you saw that memo from Troy Vincent today, the NFL Players Association uh, president. They sent out a strongly worded uh, memo about not wearing your mask properly. And so that's what I noticed from Brian Flores yesterday is that he's a, a chin strap mask wearer. Yep. I mean – I mean, what's not? We're not going to talk about COVID. I know it's inevitable <laughs> at some point, but yeah. talking about his coaching, I mean, look at what <laughs> look at what the team was to start to start the season last year. People calling to get off. Oh, the they're team. junk. Yeah, right. And then what he did with the team towards the end of this season, uh, and then a stat that came up. You know, even though he wasn't, he, he was only there one season before this. But the last six appearances against each other, they've split. That's a that's unbelievable given um, when you given what you see with uh, what team they had the Patriots had versus what the Dolphins had. Yeah, you know those down and playing in Miami games where it's you know five hundred degrees out didn't sit well with uh, the Patriots their conditioning, which is which is surprising because everybody says conditioning is like the biggest thing they notice about coming uh, to New England. Um, now, the kicking situation, I'm very bothered about. Um, it seems like ever since Gostowski left, like, that's just been a disaster. Like, I, I, I'm a proponent for, like, we should just be going for it anytime it's a fourth down or over midfield because it's just not working. 
Yeah. It's just not working what's happening right now. And like go for two when, you know, now that we have cam, like every touchdown, like, cause it just seems like a disaster. Let's save the roster spot for, for something else. They just drop and put Nick Folk down to the practice squad again today. So it's like, what are we doing here? Well, and it seems like when teams start to get plagued with bad kickers, it becomes the the dialogue all season. So you're right. Why not try just going every fourth down? What would that look like statistically for a team, you know? Well, the analytics, you know, they'll tell you, like, that's what you do. Um, didn't work out for Mike McCarthy last night in the Sunday night game. He, like, decided to go for it on fourth and three when a field goal would have tied the game. Uh, it was like it would have been a chip shot field goal. So I'm not a analytics guy per se, but at the same time, I know that missing a field goal and giving the team the ball the 45-yard line is not ideal either. So let's just go for it. Yeah, but you're giving them at the 45-yard line and missing a field goal anyway. So, I mean, you're missing an right, opportunity. So but Right, but, I mean, I, I have more faith in a trying to pick up a fourth and four than I do uh, a 49-yard field goal from – Yeah, I do know. too. I agree. Yeah, it's just this is whatever, you know, but that's not so – where do, So where do you put the Patriots – Given what because they, they've had special teams problems since Guskowski um, got injured. So, uh, given the fact that they their special teams have always been sound, that's typical for Belichick team. Uh, where do you put them this year? Where do you rank them? In, let's say in the division. As far as the special teams, I mean, the kicking game is a problem. Like, it, you know, it's not good. And even Guskowski, like, his he was missing extra points all the time, especially in Super Bowls and playoff games. So, yeah, I'm, I'm not happy with the kicking game, and they got to figure that out. Like, Actually, I thought drafting I was, a guy – I was saying – Yeah, no, but I, I thought was, drafting a guy in the fifth round would, would solve that, the kicker. But, I mean, he can't even make the team. Uh, I'm saying the whole team, what, what we have right now, what you saw, you know, obviously oh, – Just overall – number one. You put him above Buffalo? Yeah, I'm not – like – I'm not going to get caught dead saying Buffalo is better than them right now. Like, let's see it on the field. True. You know, I, it was a tough day for the uh, dynasty is done. People admit, you know, they, they didn't have much to say. They were just like, all they did is start talking about how bad Tom Brady was like, well, and, and, that, all of, you know. and that plays into the, I think you have your dynasty is dead people. And then I think you have your Patriots fans who thought Dynasty's dead too with Tom Brady gone. So you had your people who clearly thought that Tom Brady was carrying the team for, for 20 years. But we have yesterday, we have the, the Tom Brady with the Buccaneers um, goes out, throws two picks. And then you have the Patriots who, who clearly showed that they were a better coach team in that in, in football, it's more important to be a better coach than to have uh, a stud quarterback. So um, what do you make by a comparison? 1-0 Belichick? I mean, they looked, they looked ready to play. They looked sound, you know, defensively sound. I mean, there were some penalties, of course. But they gave 11 points. Uh, I thought uh, – it's magic, you know, was going to throw for four. I mean, that's what everyone thought. He's going to throw for 350 and, you know, do his thing. And, but I mean, they couldn't do anything. And so I was impressed. Like they came out, they were ready to go. 
And by contrast, that's what we're going to do because that's what's going to happen all year long, the comparisons between Brady and Belichick. Um, Tampa Bay did not look very good. I thought all these off-season workouts where Brady's getting caught in the park, you know, it's a funny story. Like, they're supposed to be ready. And they he wasn't on the same page with the receivers. Um, you know, they they did not – I mean, I saw that muffed kickoff that could have got them back in the game. You know, that's not a thing that you see the Patriots do. So, yeah, I mean, Belichick's got the upper hand right now. I'm sure he didn't mind seeing Brady look sad yesterday during that game. Well, no, and that and you made a good point too. Just uh, as far as coaching goes, uh, you have last year Tampa Bay leading the league in penalties. And then yesterday, last night's game, uh, again, penalty after penalty after penalty. So uh, clearly it shows that it's a coaching problem that they have. Uh, and then I, I, I wonder, though, do you think Brady is, is uh, frustrated about the coaching? Well, one thing that I was talked about a little bit here is, um, you know, Arians kind of being public about his criticism of Brady, you know, saying it was a bad decision to on his interceptions, which, yeah, I mean, Brady threw it cross field outside the numbers, you know, that's not a great idea anyways. It's not a great idea when you're 43 arm strength, obviously diminished and it was a pick six. And so Arian said, yeah, that was a bad idea. And that's something Belichick would have never done in a press conference after the game. He just would have grunted and, you know, been like, well, you know, there's a lot of plays. Could have been sound in all regards. Right. Right. And maybe Belichick yells at him in the locker room about it. But now this is going to be different for Brady, you know, is going to be some public comments. You know, how is he going to deal with that? Because he, you know, he made a cryptic tweet, you know, a couple of weeks about a couple weeks ago, you know, about now he's used to getting yelled at because Arians, you know, I guess, you know, done that or whatever, you know, and he's referencing his time in, in New England, but now it's in the open and that'll be interesting to see too, how that, how he responds to that. Yeah. Uh, I, I watch both games fully. Um, and I would say that, that I, I, I think it, I think so far the argument about, you know, who had more of an impact on who's, career is pretty clear you know I, I love Brady I don't think anybody um could have I don't think many people could have done what he's done but then you take a guy like Cam Newton uh who basically who it's amazing that he couldn't even get picked up by a team you know after winning MVP in a Super Bowl can't even get picked up and um look what he I mean he looked besides a couple of I guess you when you're comparing compared uh comparing him to Tom Brady um, you look at things like reading the reading the coverage and, and reading the linebackers, and, and clearly Brady's got the upper hand in that. But as far as athleticism, as far as ability to uh, as far as ability to extend a series, clearly Cam's got the upper hand. Yeah, and you know I don't want to get into like who is more deserving of credit for the dynasty, but as far as this season goes. You know, the jury's still out. It's one game. Uh, the Tampa Bay has a very comparatively easy schedule uh, than the Patriots. Uh, I think their toughest game was going to be at New Orleans, and now it's out of the way. So, you know, we'll see. You know, Brady had some moments yesterday. And, uh, like I said, the Patriots, they got some tough ones coming up um, starting next week at, at Seattle. That's going to be 
that's going to be a good one. I mean, if the, if the Patriots win that game in Seattle, like, it's on. Like, number seven's coming. It's it's on the radar, at least. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I want I want to agree with you. And, you know, I don't want to get ahead of myself. But go, go, talking about Tampa Bay real quick, the, the defense that, that they had, I thought was pretty remarkable, what Bruce Arians was able to put together. And – you know, I think that'll keep him in a lot of games. And also, I think one thing that'll uh, keep him in a lot of games is is having Brady. Obviously, you, he, it seems yeah. like no matter what who they're playing, because they just they probably played their hardest game, uh, w- one of their top three hardest games of the year last night. It seems yeah. like they're never going to be out of a game. No, and and they and you did have that feeling too, like that. It was 24-7, all of a sudden it's 24-17, and, you know, if they get a stop, they're going to tie it. And I think actually Brady had the ball with a, with a chance to tie the game at one point in the, in the third quarter. So they were – even though they got beat, you know, fairly convincingly when it was all said and done, they were never out of that game completely. So um, – and but Gronk, can we talk about Gronk for well, a minute? And I, I mean, think what you can tell more – Yeah, no I was just going to add that I think you can tell – what you can tell more than anything is each of their personalities and the way that each team played yesterday, what impact they had, their personalities or their, whatever, their skill, whatever they brought to the table, what impact that had on the team. You could clearly, it was, it was so familiar watching both games. Yeah. And the guys respond to Cam. I mean, his leadership style is going to be different than Brady's. Um, but you could tell like they, they enjoy playing with him, and there's chemistry there. Brady too. I mean, the, the the guys obviously love him in Tampa Bay. So, um, yeah. While Belichick got the upper hand yesterday, like it's going to be an awesome season. Like following these week in and week out, um, the ups and downs. Seriously, this is the greatest rival. This How is the could greatest. You not be excited. Belichick versus Brady. I yeah. mean, it's coming. Hey, if the only way this podcast takes off is if it's Belichick versus Brady in the Super Bowl. <laughs> Well, I think a lot of podcasts will take off if that's the case. I mean, that's going to be – yeah. So there was a, a lot of talk yesterday too. Well, I was just going to say uh, there's a lot of talk too about, you know, is it okay – how do you – as a Patriots fan, how do we watch Buccaneers games, you know? Because yeah. I think a lot of the, the haters out there would just love to say, like, you guys are bandwagon fans. Of course you're going to cheer for Brady. But, like, obviously that's not the case. Like, I want to see them do well. I want to root for them. But, like, when Brady throws a, a, a pick or has a bad game, it's like, well, yeah, you know, that's why, you know, we moved on or mutually parted ways. Like, you don't have to defend Brady now and all the, the flaws, perhaps, in the, in the team. He's not here anymore. But we don't have if to they do but well. I know I caught myself rooting for him last night. Oh, of course. Like, yeah. I, I want them to do well. Like, I want to cheer for them. But if that hypothetical scenario comes up where they play each other, they're going to play each other next year in Foxborough. But if it were to happen in a Super Bowl, like, to me, there's only one acceptable way a Patriots fan can go about this. Like, you want them to kill Brady and the Bucks. Like, there's no other, like, scenario. It's, it's, where... it's hard, man, because I will admit, I, I didn't think I'd have the reaction I had. I felt like I was watching my, like, my kid play his, a, a peewee football game when I, yeah. you know, watching Brady last night. So it's like, and then as a, you know, it's like as a parent, you don't want to see them come up against them in the Super Bowl, but you also do. Like, clearly you'd root for the Patriots. But – Yeah. Well, and that's where, like, 
to me, that was like the biggest reaction of the day was uh, my wife, like when we watched Brady, like, okay, this is a good segment. What, what are our wives had to say? Well, what were you <laughs> like? What, what were you thinking when uh, Brady suited up and uh, was in the Buccaneers? Um, well, I'd always watched him as the Patriot. So it was definitely weird um, to see him in something other than that. Yeah, okay. Sure. All right. Good enough. Hot take. Yeah. Hot. <laughs> it was weird. Good reaction. Like, this is so it's weird. Hard, it's hard being on. This, this is so weird. Look hey, wait. What's add Bree? So weird. What's add Bree, though, to the – what's add Bree to, uh, you know, let's, let's backtrack all the way to the beginning. We need a name for this podcast. This we got to conclude it at some point, but – we need a name. So by the time this is the first podcast playing, uh, it's gonna people are gonna already see the name. But uh, say so you like mainly football as your number one. Uh, well, my number two and number one is like we're not sure. But yeah, number one's number- not sure. So number one, number one is we text each other after and try to figure out what we're gonna do for a name. Yeah, Bree, if, if, if people are actually, what do you think we should this? do for a name? Oh, she's long gone. She's gone. Yeah. That'll be another segment. All right. <laughs> Steph, so, Steph Gilmore. Uh, let's talk about Steph Gilmore a little bit. You think good game, bad game. One pick, but he had some, he had some mistakes. Yeah, but the penalties weren't, like, crushing. Um, you know what I mean? They weren't – I mean, he plays aggressive. He's going to – he had calls last year, too. Um I think, like, I feel like he probably does it every play, but, like, the refs can't call it every play, you know? So he's kind of allowed to play that, like, physical style. Um, it, I just love the secondary. Like, they, I forgot. Do you think Romo was gushing too much about – you think – Yeah. Uh, gushing too much about uh, – <laughs> and, you know, he's like, oh, man, look at that. He's running the routes for him. Yeah, and he's like, oh, what, this is a generational secondary, like, I don't even know what that means. Like they lost in the wild card round last year. Like they're good. I think they have potential to be like that elite. They are elite in today's NFL standards, but like not like a historic secondary, like they wanted to be last year. Like they, they, they got a long ways to go for that. But at the same time, I forgot they added Adrian Phillips. Like he had a, you know, interception yesterday too. So like this covers mm. up to me, the linebackers, like everyone sat out this year, they opted out. They lost Kyle Van Noy, you know, if that's a big loss or not, I don't know. But this leaves a gap, you know, in the linebacking core. I think Belichick knows that he can just take anybody and turn him into uh, a Kyle Van Noy, kind of going yeah. back to him. But he, you have to have elite talent in the secondary, and they have that. So I I feel very good about this defense. Yeah, I would, I would agree with that. I think part of what made the secondary look so good yesterday, even though they took off – right where they left off last year with the, with the picks. I think what made them look so good is the fact that they pressured and, and blitz Matt Fitz, uh, I mean, blitz Fitzpatrick on Patrick Fitzryan. Yeah. Patrick Fitzryan on uh, every third down. And he immediately under pressure, he threw a pick like yeah. every single time they put pressure on him. Yeah. There's a couple other things I want um, to talk about quickly. Uh, yeah, the the fumble through the end zone. I mean, I hate that rule. I mean that that yeah. That, I read that, your blog yes yesterday. 
They could have that, that turned the game around. It definitely did. It like felt like it. That was a, uh, you know, I don't know. It's it is a rule, um, but immediately, I mean, I've always known about the rule, but it just doesn't feel right when it happens. Like it doesn't sit right. No, it, it it's it's too penalizing, and that's the, I I think I said the it, the the penalty is not commiserate with the crime. You know, like it. You, you fumble the ball. The other team doesn't even recover it. And then all of a sudden they get the ball. And not only that, they gain 20 yards of field position. Like who thought that this is appropriate, you know, repercussion for this instance, you know, a fumble, like any well, other time there's a, a fumble, you know, you have to recover it clearly. And then you get the ball right there. That's it. Yeah. I think it's just assumption based that, that the other team would have, recovered the fumble too like it's just it's just stupid it is it does seem like a stupid rule to me too i don't know yeah. if it's just because it happened to patriots but um, no I, I wouldn't say that i mean i i think it was uh david carr uh, Derek carr a couple of years ago like he's diving to the pylon and a it was like a week 17 game they needed to win or a maybe a thursday night game i don't know and they were going to win the game and he extends the ball and just before it hits the pylon it like you know, just comes out of his palm a little bit. And like from the naked eye, it looked like he scored a touchdown and like they won the game. But then yeah. it's like they replay reviewed. And it's like, no, he fumbled it, you know, through the end zone. And it's like, well, the game's and over. that's something just that like we're that. not going to talk about tonight is replay, but replay has, uh, has, is clearly having an impact on the game too. So, but, uh, but that one rule, thing, I, rule. one thing I wanted to talk about. Yeah. I mean, I, I like, I, Look, I like your – Give him a 10-yard like penalty your, um, for, you know, illegal uh, – the ball goes out of bounds illegally or whatever, whatever you want to say, you know, and just back back the offense up 10 yards. You know, 10 yards no clear... from – Yeah, from the goal line. From where they you know, started or from from the goal, yeah, goal line? Yeah, well, you know, it could be anything. Just, just anything but what it is now would be better. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that a bit, uh, just to shift a little bit to Nikhil Harry, just mm. because he was the one who fumbled that, I, that was basically the difference between him having an amazing game and kind of having like a, you know, it almost tarnished it a little bit. But it looks like he's going to be Cam's favorite target this year versus Brady couldn't make it work with him. Is that just a, an extra, you know, six months of practice? Or is it just the fact that you th- Cam and him click better? I mean, you know, maybe could be a combination of both. I mean, he's he's not a rookie anymore, but at the same time, you know, we know Brady was very particular about, uh, you know, the chemistry and 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 with his wide receivers, and he's had a a history of of not having trust in young players, and uh, maybe that's not an issue for Cam. That's great if it's not. Yeah, I I don't know. I think. I think Harry looked awesome yesterday. I think um, I think it'll be exciting to see if he uh, optimizes his potential this year or next year or whenever it is. You know, they say receivers take a few years to, to really reach their potential. But um, I also think – I think um, the running game looks really good again as far as it's been a, it's been five years since the running games looked good. And yesterday, last yesterday – it looked awesome. 
I think and they're, they're I think deep too. Belichick's done a good job with this offensive line, too. Yeah, they, they got a great line, and, and they're deep at running back. Um, we didn't even see Damian Harris again. Uh, I don't know when that guy's ever going to play for the Patriots, but um, he's there. Uh, but then what did you think of J.J. Taylor, little J.J. Taylor? Dude, what a pickup. He's – it seems like he's got – when he gets a full head of steam, nobody's going to stop him. Uh, he's small. He reminds, amazing he reminds that, me of Darren, amazing. Darren Sproles. Well, it's amazing that they're able to do it again with the undrafted players, but um, that's kind of those are those are some of the things that separate this team. You never, you know, you you kind of down them before the season starts on on their acquisition sometimes, and then all of a sudden you see a player like Taylor come out, and you're like, wow, you know, like just a talent that you cannot believe was not able to get drafted. Well, it's popular to to you know to to crap on Belichick, the GM. You know, because you're comparing to him, Belichick, the coach, who's won, you know, six Super Bowls. But Belichick, the GM, like, I can't remember how many years in a row this is where they've had an undrafted rookie um, make the team. So this is just another example of him finding guys. And uh, like I said, you remind me of uh, Darren Sproles, where it's like his feet are just moving so fast that you can't see them uh, when he's running. I, I that's, that's what I was reminded of. But we'll see. They're deep at running back. I like it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I basically, basically covered, you know, most of the points that I wanted to talk, talk about anyway. Um, but what did you think about you know, Belichick's 95 mask? Uh, oh, girl, that was so ratchet. He looked like a, he looked like he was a painter or like a drywaller or something. <laughs> yeah, he looked like he was about to do some manual labor. <laughs> I know. And like, you could see it like sucking in as he was breathing. <laughs> so gross. Yeah. Like it's only a matter of time before there's some sort of controversy with like what has he got inside the mask? Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, hey, uh, to 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 him, it maybe it's a uh, maybe it's an advantage somehow for him. Maybe he's able to. Yeah. <laughs> maybe he's got a microphone in there where or uh, something where he's able to communicate with people in the booth or something. <laughs> and I and I respect him wearing the N95 mask. It's not a cloth facial covering. It's not a face shield. Like, if he's going to have to wear a mask, he's wearing something that's going to stop coronavirus and anything else that's <laughs> in the air that could harm him. Like, it is exactly what it's, I would expect from Belichick. Yeah, it's perfect. It's, uh, uh, you know, it's like everyone's wearing these these cloth masks that aren't, I mean, the verdict's up on what they're doing for yeah, people. But tell us how you really feel. The verdict's up. <laughs> I'm not going to get political about this, but, yeah, I thought that was hilarious, actually. That was a good – yeah good point i would expect so, him next time possibly to even like modify it like with the straps like cutting his sleeves off his like his sweat you know his his uh pull up his hoodies so maybe we'll see something with the i'm following this story very closely obviously you can <laughs> so talk about you know just real quick to wrap this all up what are some of the other things you want to talk about on this podcast obviously we're both interested we're going to talk a little golf when it starts the season starts to pick up uh, it's going to be a crazy year with uh, back with masters basically what three four months within each other so well, i feel like we have to talk about us uh, open basically starts thursday yeah that's i mean, I mean we're, what's, what are we coming up for time here i don't know well quickly what do, i mean what do you think i mean who do you got like who, if you got to pick a few guys like what do you all right what do you say 
if I were to pick right now, I think Justin Thomas not closing out um, with the FedEx Cup. You know, I think I think he's a competitor, dude. He's the he's the next like he's a Brady type figure in golf. He's he clearly is uh, like type A personality, uh, kind of driven like Michael Jordan. So so I'm gonna pick Justin Thomas to come out and kind of um, basically prove that he should have been the FedEx Cup champion. Um, another, uh, you know, another, uh, kind of, I would say my, um, sneaky player that's gonna, that's gonna come out of nowhere is Joel Damon. He's kind of been, uh, he played well at the PGA championship. Um, he's been on a bunch of podcasts and, and he just kind of seems like he take, doesn't take golf too seriously. He, he really only does it for the money. He said, um, but he goes out there and bucket cap, dude, and he's able to throw out, throw down some birdies. I'll say a top ten for Joel Damon, um, and then yeah. Yeah, th- so those are my two picks: uh, my sleeper pick and right. my uh, my champion. Yeah, I mean, I just I can't. How do you pick against someone like DJ? Like, you know, everyone thinks he's a big hitter, and he is a big hitter. But I mean, his putting has been ridiculous right now during this. Uh, John Rum too. Like I know these guys are obviously they're front runners right now, but I mean that's who wins these U.S. Opens. Like the guys that are, you know, the big names win this tournament. Um, a sleeper pick? Does does Tiger count as a sleeper pick? Probably not because you know it's Tiger. But um, you have to be accurate. You cannot miss fairways at this tournament, especially this year. Apparently, they're saying the rough is like you know, you're better off from 220 yards out than. 170 in uh in the rough because that's where don't they always say it's a long course (laughs) they they do always say it they do always say it um but yeah i mean it's it's hard to go against the top guys right now i don't see a long shot winning this thing no i mean uh, yeah it's hard to say it's i mean kept could come out of nowhere you have uh, he's out he withdrew oh did he yeah Obviously, you're more up to date on this kind of stuff than me. You, I was not prepared to talk about golf tonight, but this is what people are going to get because when once once we're invested in the golf season, we're we're pretty invested. So it might have seemed like we shifted gears a little fast from football to golf, uh, but we're also going to talk, you know, a little bit about the Celtics, and um, maybe next week we'll talk more about the Celtics and how they've played in the the few uh, the couple games uh, since we've had our last podcast and also we're probably going to get better at this. This is extremely uh, awkward to be not only talking on zoom, but uh, to be, you know, trying to talk like professional podcasters. So uh, hopefully we get better. Hopefully we develop our, you know, our little niche in this and I'll go from there. All right, man. We'll see you next time. Yep. Peace.